I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon, ad-free or in the main feed otherwise. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr Finley Martin and Finn. I'm actually very happy that we are recording today and not recording on Saturday morning. <laughs> I feel like if we had recorded on Saturday morning, <laughs> I think we would have maybe felt a little bit differently and you know what we said would have kind of went out of, out of date in about a day and a half, so... It's kind of good we're recording here on a Tuesday and we've got a bit more kind of information to go by. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of knee-jerk reactions. Um, we Want Cody was trending for what? Three days? Something like yeah. that? I mean, it is, I mean, we'll get into the whole thing. It's kind of funny to me that, you know, some of the reports out there are that WWE deliberately kind of want to foster the whole Daniel Bryan thing from a decade ago, where... Yeah. Obviously, this time it's kind of like a meta thing because you know they, they can rewrite it as much as they want, but we all know that was not the plan at the time. And Daniel Bryan was not meant to be in the main event of WrestleMania Thirty. It was the it was the Sheamus match, right? Was that not the match that was the original? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And it was just this groundswell of support and just various events. You know, people rejecting Batista and being a big one of them. Um, a rumble, and then he had that disastrous match, didn't he, with Alberto Del Rio? Yeah, elimination chamber. Because it wasn't until I think that I, I, I think I'll get this wrong. I, it was either I, I don't think the match with Daniel Bryan and Triple H was announced till March. So it was very like, there wasn't a lot. It was within um, the month of March that we found out he's facing Triple H and he's going to be in the main event if he wins. Yeah, so, uh, but I mean with this one, you know there. They're kind of playing a blinder. You know, as we record this, we don't. You know, it's funny. As we record this, we don't know what's going to happen. There's the big press conference on Thursday. Yes. You know, and you know, I don't want to tell tales from behind the curtain, but I think this is kind of interesting. You know, we were talking off air about how, you know, our magazine deadline is coming up, and we can't really, you know, a hundred percent say what the cover is going to be or finish the last. You know, because your your bits are always the last bits because they're, they're the most current, and you can kind of tackle stuff that you know. everything else is already in it can't really be changed but you can add stuff at the last minute because you're the last thing in so we kind of have to wait right until thursday and see how this is all going to play out well yeah well that's really friday our time isn't it Mm -hmm. not till like 7 p.m eastern time i think in vegas the event in yeah 
Thursday evening uh, in America, at least decent time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, the, this moment in time, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. And we're I mean, and it's very possible even after Thursday, we won't know for sure what's going to happen. They'll make several announcements, but it doesn't necessarily mean, Kenny, that what they announce on the night is what will take place at WrestleMania or that there won't be some sort of extension or change or pivot. That's the big word of the moment, isn't it? Some yeah. pivot at WrestleMania to ensure that fans leave with smiles on their faces. Well, let's what, let's dive in first with SmackDown uh, and and the big segment because this is obviously what everybody's talking about. So we should start with this. So Cody Rhodes at Royal Rumble obviously points to Roman Reigns. That's who he's going to pick essentially. Then we talked last week about how Seth Rollins put forward a pretty compelling argument on Raw as to why Cody should pick him instead. So Cody was going to give his answer on SmackDown. So Roman Reigns comes out for the main event segment. He comes out, he kind of puts the boots to Seth Rollins verbally a bit, talking about, you know, it's basically, he did, I, I don't think he said the B title, but he basically says it's the loser's title that yeah. Rollins has. And, you know, that, you know, he earns 10 times the money and works 10 times less and all this kind of stuff. So Cody comes out. And he, and he basically dared Cody Rhodes to challenge him, didn't he? Dared him to yes. do it. He said, invited him to do it. Please challenge me. And and then that brought out Cody, who came out and said, you know, he disagrees uh, with Rollins that, you know, Roman's title is the Hollywood title because to him it's still the title that Bruno held and his dad held briefly in MSG. And he said, you know, he's coming for Roman Reigns and to finish the story means taking Roman's title and taking everything from him. And he is coming for him, but not at WrestleMania. Roman looks confused. And Cody had said that he'd taken counsel from legends and different people. And he said, one of the men I took counsel from knows you very well. The Rock comes out to a, obviously, monster ovation in Birmingham, Alabama, because they didn't know he was there. He comes out. Him and Cody share a look. Uh, they hug. Cody says something. Rock says something in Cody's ear. And he kind of gives this like, smile that's meant to be like, Thanks, pal. And then walks off. Um, there is a great meme, actually, that has, you know, you know the moment where The Rock whispers something into Cody's ear? Yeah. And, and somebody's kind of pieced it together and had, had Rock hug him. And it's just the, the the voice of Christian saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which is a very witty placed, um, you know, oh, uh, job. I'm, I'm muscling in on your WrestleMania main event. He might... <laughs> Did he really say that? We don't know yet. We don't know. So that so and then The Rock is face to face with Roman Reigns. Cody's left, and the show goes off the air. So I woke up on Saturday morning. I had been away for the weekend, so I, I didn't see SmackDown live. And you know, there was so much to catch up on the segment, how the segment was received, what it meant. But how did you find out about it, and what was your initial reaction when you watched it? What did you take away from from it at the time? Well, I didn't find out about it till Sunday because I went over to Leeds on Friday, got stranded in Leeds, had to stop over in Leeds in a hotel because there's no trains home. Then finally got back to Lancaster and then I was going somewhere. So I didn't even bother looking at the news or anything. I don't have Facebook or Twitter on my phone, by the way, so I can just purposely avoid it all. Um, So it wasn't until Sunday that I even saw the news. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, it was just a lot of complaints. A couple of people pointed out to me that I was wrong on the podcast last week. Thank you for that. Actually, we'll see about that. Let's just see about that. And if I end up being right, I hope those people will say, you know what, Finlay, you were right all along. Um, So so we'll see about that in the long run. Mm -hmm. Sunday was when I was, I read about it. Um, You know, I started, I watched the segment in question between involving Cody and Reigns and the bloodline and then rock coming out and then watch SmackDown in its entirety on Monday. And um, yeah, I felt pretty down about the whole thing. Um, You know, partly because I felt like a raw rumble WWE had done the right thing and given us this big Cody win. And it felt like Cody versus Reigns was set in stone, confirmed. And, you know, it's a story that 
I want to see conclude at WrestleMania for every reason that we've discussed many times previously. I mean, I mean, if it's Rock Reigns at WrestleMania, okay, I can put up with that on night one. But it has to be, well, firstly, Reigns has to beat The Rock. Rock cannot be the one who defeats Roman Reigns and ends this epic reign. He cannot be. It Reigns needs to beat The Rock after bloodline interference. And then somehow we need to have Rhodes versus Reigns on night two. And then, as I previously suggested, Rock should come out, take out the bloodline, and then it's a fair one-on-one match between Rhodes and Reigns. Rhodes defeats Reigns, ends WrestleMania weekend as champ, and he has the big segment on Raw the next night, opening, you know, Raw, the new calendar year of WWE. He's the champ, and everything's shiny and new, and we've got all these new stories they can tell. Because if Reigns retains at WrestleMania, I think there's going to be a lot of pissed off people. And if Rock becomes champion there, when are we going to see him next, Saudi? (laughs) So I I think there's more to this story than meets the eye. And as I said earlier, I'm not sure if they're going to tell us it all on Thursday in Vegas at this, you know, press event. And nor should they. Let's see how this story plays out. You know, this immediate gratification that people want and need and desire now. It's like, just let the story play out. You know, this is what we want here. We want the stories. As I've said many times, in wrestling, it's the characters and the stories that sell the tickets. And look at the run that WWE is on right now and selling tickets and, you know, just getting interest in the product. Yeah, also some cynics have suggested, Kenny, that maybe all this (laughs) was, uh, you know, some pivot by WWE you know, to wipe or rather knock the, uh, you know, the Vince McMahon story off the uh, top of the website pages. Although other people are saying that this has been the plan all along, ever since Rock returned on January 1st. This was always the plan. So, yeah. But then again, you know, if this was always the plan, why did Cody win the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I think it's hard because so the reports that have come out from various places have said that Rock wrestling at WrestleMania was locked in on January 3rd after he had come back. And I guess that was when the TKO deal was being put together and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So then when the segment happened on Friday, I think that, you know, you were right. You were saying you felt a bit down about it. I think we all felt a bit down about it initially because it reminded us of that thing where Vince would do something in WrestleMania season that kind of just ruined, you know, remember the time you had Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt in Saudi? or. Yeah. You know, and it would just be like, you know, you've got to this place that you're going in the laziest way possible. And that always feels like, you know, we feel shortchanged when we're not really given a good story. And yeah. I think when we watched Friday, the concern that I think most of us had who are kind of sane people were like, well, wait a minute, Cody won the Rumble. If Rock was always going to come back, then Cody win the Rumble doesn't really make any sense. Because obviously him finishing the story means beating Roman Reigns, not Seth Rollins. But I think that people started to feel better over the weekend when, you know, Logan Paul had tweeted out, we want Cody, Ricochet tweeted out, we want Cody. And it's like, you know, these guys are not going against the booking. No. They're not, they're not like... And then so, there was a Vengeance Day, there was the planted signs of we want Cody. Yeah, well, it's funny actually because one, so yeah, there, there had been the story, the story about the planted signs from NXT Vengeance Day. And then on the Inside the Ropes Facebook community page, one of our uh, sort of people on there, Tristan Glover, he was at the show and he had a We Want Cody sign. He was like, just to clarify, my sign was not a plant. I, I came with this sign of my own. So there's so many of them. There's planted ones, there's non-planted ones. But that happened. And then, uh, you know, Raw, which we'll get to, that opening segment with Seth and Cody and Drew, it kind of made you think at the end, you know, if Cody's facing Seth, he's not facing Seth and Drew in a triple threat. That's not what's happening. So no. Drew's involvement almost makes you think, well, they're already setting up Seth's match with with Drew, and maybe it's Drew and Sammy, I don't know what that ends up being, but um and you know, Cody Cody's not really answered the question yet. Seth is trying to get him to answer why what, no, what he, what's the he hasn't. He has not. The only thing he said is I am coming for, this was on SmackDown. He said, I still want that title. And he said, I am coming for you, Roman Reigns. 
but not at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, also, you've got to point, remember, Kenny, on his um, on his ex Twitter account. Mm-hmm. But trust me, didn't he? I think that was was that yesterday. Yeah, last night. Last night. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. So yeah. I, you know, I think you know, there's more to it than we've been told. Allow the story to play out and enjoy the story. Enjoy the ride. That's what I say. And it's it's interesting as well that you know. The the rock. I mean, I think that if the rock is is aware enough that people are going to be a bit annoyed by this, then you know, fair play to him for being able to have that self awareness. Um, but I, I mean, I th- to me, the best scenario that they have on Thursday or whenever they announce it is that it is like you say, rock on night one, Cody on night two. We've talked about this for ages because I also am of the mindset. I don't know how you are. Let's just get this rock and Roman match done. Because then we don't need to keep having it as like a thing in the back of uh, in the back of the pocket that they might pull out. Yeah. Because if next year, you know, say Roman Reigns is in a big match with, I'm just going to throw out a name. It might not. It wouldn't be this person. But say Braun Breaker. Say Braun Breaker was like a, was really on a hot streak next year, and he's just about to get that match with Roman at WrestleMania, but Rock wants to do the match finally. Well, then Braun's out of the picture. So yeah, if we can, if we can have it this year, then yeah, great. Let's have it and. Uh, I'm I'm curious what they're what they're doing, but I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I can't at this point see Cody Rhodes. I would be shocked if Cody Rhodes is not facing Roman Reigns in some form over the two night WrestleMania. That's where my mind is. I agree. I absolutely agree. And it needs to be Cody as champ on Raw the night after WrestleMania because ter- we're turning the page here. Yeah. A page is being turned. And the you know the book needs to read Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes is um, you know undisputed title reign. That's what it needs to be. You know, yeah. that, that starts at WrestleMania or starts, I guess, proper with the whoever's going to be his first challenger on you know the night after WrestleMania. So um, and, yeah, also, and also, like- I mean, and the other thing about it as well is if Rock puts Reigns over mm-hmm. on night one. And then Rhodes defeats Reigns on night two, then Rock has performed a valuable service because yeah. he has put Reigns over and then Rhodes has done what Rocky couldn't do. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that, that's another wrinkle to the story. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I think that there's I don't feel bad about it. And I, I think I'm more likely than you are to to be worried. But I, but I'm not worried based on what we've seen over the weekend. Because even like, I mean, you look at because one thing that I think concerned me initially on Friday was, you know, there's the whole thing about the attitude era where Austin joining Vince was kind of the end. It was like people kind of tuned out after that to varying degrees, right? And that's kind of what people point to as it. It that kind of killed it off. My worry was on Friday is that. Are we just bringing Rock back and sort of tossing Cody to the side? And is that going to affect the hot streak of how things are going? But then as the weekend went on and we kind of learned more information out about it, we all felt better. And then last night's Raw, which was in St. Louis, I think. Yes. I think on Friday they'd sold 7,500 tickets for that show. And over the weekend they sold 2,500 more tickets for that show. Right. So whatever they're doing is working. And you know, they're they're people are interested. People are not kind of going. I don't want to see it. People are they're more emboldened to get behind Cody and to to fight his corner. So absolutely, and that that is you know that is the intention here. They, this is people are being manipulated by WWE, but in you know in a nice way. And you know, um, no, good, I'm I'm glad because yeah. good. They should be manipulating us. They should be manipulating us. They should, the yeah. Absolutely, the, they're the storytellers, and we're the one. We're the ones there who were um, who were supposed to get caught up in the story, you know, exactly. and, and can't, you know. And if we can, sometimes it's fine when wrestling's predictable. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, but other times, it. I think it's really good that they keep us guessing, you know, yes. as long as it makes sense in the end. If it's yeah. a Vince Russo thing, <laughs> it's some deliberate swerve for swerve's sake so we can't see it coming but in the end it doesn't make any sense then that's a calamity <laughs> but if it all makes sense in the end then we can look back and say yeah they had us going there 
and like, wow, you know what a you know what a thrill ride they took us on. Indeed. Well, let, let's talk about some other stuff from SmackDown. Uh, we found out on SmackDown that Tiffany Stratton has signed with SmackDown as well as Naomi, and she had her first match here against Mishin, who she kind of had a confrontation with outside of Nick Aldis's office. And you know, Stratton's been a big name in NXT. How are you feeling about her being a part of SmackDown? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of her since I uh, you know, first saw her and um, she's obviously got it. She's going to become champion. She knows, she understands wrestling, which a lot of people don't, and she gets it. And um, one thing she does is she really knows how to sell. And she's a, like a real student of Shawn Michaels. I think she's somebody who probably studied Shawn Michaels' matches, Shawn Michaels' matches, and thought, you know what, this this really worked. And if I do this and I can do it as a heel and it'll still work, people will really get into my matches. And she sold loads uh, for Mishin before she uh, defeated her. And uh, this could have been Mishin's, Mishin's best singles match. I think this was probably even better than the EO Sky match. Um, and yeah, Stratton won in the end with the prettiest moonsault ever. Um, but I mean, Mishin actually looked, you know, she basically owned 80% of the match, if not more. So, or at least 80% of the match, if not more, that was broadcast on TV. So, um, yeah, she's a great acquisition. She'd obviously outgrown NXT and uh, she did well at Royal Rumble. And I thought she did very well here too. Yeah, I've got high hopes for it. And I think SmackDown is kind of the division that needed somebody or needed people. So Definitely. I think that... Yeah, Definitely. I her agree. and Naomi are both... Some, sometimes I... Sometimes I feel reluctant to get into the idea of calling somebody up like a month before WrestleMania because you're already struggling to get people on the card. But on SmackDown in the women's division, there's not really a lot of people. So I think they needed something. So I think that Tiffany Stratton and Naomi certainly fit that bill. I'm sure Mishin is probably realizing she's not going to be on WrestleMania now, but, you know, hey-ho. Yeah, um, I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, going back to the January 16th NXT, there was a uh, 20-woman battle royal to name the number one contender to the NXT women's title. And that uh, came down to, it was like a fatal four-way at the end of it with Keanu James versus Fallon, Fallon Henley versus Roxanne Perez versus Kalani Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they all did really well there. All four of uh, the women who were in the fatal four-way that was, you know, they were last four in the Battle Royal and then they fought it out and in the end Perez won. And that was so well done, was that four-way. So, I mean, even though Tiffany Stratton was a huge star in NXT, you know, big personality there as well, there's so many, you know, there were so many, you know, really talented women in the female division in NXT that, you know, they can afford to lose her and it was time for her to move on and, you know, move up to the big time and there's plenty of other people there who can hold the fort. Uh, and then, of course, the other big story on SmackDown, which has kind of been lost a little bit in the shuffle, which is a shame because it was actually, I thought, really well done, was Bailey making her WrestleMania decision. She was going to make the decision who she was going to face, and she overheard the rest of Damage Control kind of laughing at her backstage. So she comes out and... Yeah, EO Sky was there saying, Bailey is was done tonight. And they were all chuckling. It was uh, Carrie saying, ask her an EO... And they were all like, you know, like, ha, 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 cackling away like witches. And Bailey was there after he left the room and she turned up and she, you know, had this glum look on her face. She was felt betrayed, you know. She was still at this point officially a member of Damage Control. 
Uh, but there was, you know, a really good uh, hint of what Bailey was going to do because she was wearing white, Kenny. Just yeah. like the cowboy in the movie back in the day. <laughs> the baby face color. <laughs> uh, I actually thought, I thought Bailey did great here in the way that she kind of stood up to damage control and sort of said, why do you guys keep laughing at me? And she even spoke Japanese to them and said, I know what you've been saying all this time. And they try and beat her down and she ends up getting one up on them. She gets a pipe. And she chooses EO Sky for WrestleMania. How, what did you think of the execution here? How they got to where the uh, where the destination was? Um, yeah, I thought it was the right decision for them to just let people know that it was going to be Bailey versus EO Sky because obviously that meant that um, they could start the uh, Elimination Chamber qualifying matches on Raw mm-hmm. last night. Um, for, you know, that match and then, you know, the winner of that will then face Rhea Ripley. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really well done, actually. I mean, um, I thought um, Asuka and EO and uh, Kyrie all, you know, really showed a lot of, you know, were shocked when Bailey spoke in Japanese and they realised that she was onto them. And, you know, Dakota Kai was actually conspicuous by her absence throughout all this. I guess, you know, if she, she'll have to, I guess we'll find out later, won't we, which side she will, which whose side she's on, because yeah. presumably she'll go with Bailey, but they're going to leave in, leaving that reveal to a later date. So, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really well done, actually. Um, so, you know, EO, you know, basically turned her back on her and, Bailey was like really hurt that, you know, these people that she thought were her friends and her partners, you know, didn't feel like, you know, she was their equal or that they even liked her. So Bailey's, I think, grounds and reasoning for challenging Eeyore all made sense because she felt betrayed by her teammates. So, yeah, that all made sense. And I think Bailey also, given the response to her at Raw Rumble when she won that match, it was clearly time for her to turn babyface. Because she received a huge round of applause from people at the end of that match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was partly because, you know, she was the one who basically held the thing together and was in there for, was it 60? I should know. I've got them just been writing a Royal Rumble. 63 minutes, was it? Was it was over an hour. I remember it was over an hour. So I'll, I'll yeah. take your word. So, yeah, I think just based on merit, she earned that round of applause. But it felt like it was time for her to change her character. And this was, yeah, this to me was the direct you know the correct course of action the correct direction for Bailey to take because you know I think most of us want Becky Lynch to challenge Rhea Ripley I mean I don't think Bailey and Rhea Ripley would have really felt like a Wrestlemania match no and I think one thing that was kind of in the back of my mind was I was curious about when Bailey would make her choice if it would feel like a big moment because you know we've, we've talked a lot in the podcast about how damage control have have kind of not been as as big as we hoped they would be at various points. But I actually thought that they did a really good job here of making this feel like a big deal. And, you know, the, by Asuka and Kyrie and EO just kind of acting like these bullies to her, it made it quite easy to kind of have people root for Bailey. And the crowd were really into Bailey. They liked her. This is the first time she's been babyface since 2019, I think. And she turned on Sasha, I think. Right. Um, See, it's been a long time. So, we, yeah, it, it was sixty-three minutes and three seconds that Bailey uh, lasted yeah. in the Royal Rumble. I have just checked. There so, you go. You just checked. Yeah, so it, yeah, it feels like time for her to, you know, do the turn. And the character really doesn't need to be that dissimilar from the heel character she played. So it's not like she's going to be going back to, you know, hugging people and having like inflatable. You know, balloon. You know, ba- the Bailey buddies, arm-flailing shipmen, or they're called exactly. You know, accompanying her entrance. So I'm sure the character she plays as a babyface will be essentially the same as the heel character, only she won't cheat. Yeah. So, yeah, big moment for Bailey. We will see how that plays out on SmackDown over the next few weeks. We also had on the show uh, Kevin Owens beating Austin Theory after an opening segment with Logan Paul and Kevin Owens. I mean, I guess that Logan Paul and Kevin Owens is going to maybe go to the Chamber for a final match with them. Yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously there's there's going to be another match between Kevin Owens and uh, Logan Paul for US title. Um, I don't know whether it's it, you sort of feel almost like 
Maybe they'll delay it till WrestleMania because I think Owens deserves this win. I mean, I know he won at WrestleMania last year, but I think he's, you know, been such an unsung hero of SmackDown that it wouldn't be the worst decision to have him dethrone Logan Paul. Um, I mean, it could be Bron Breaker, I guess, but I think it's going to be Bron Breaker versus Gunter. Yeah, same. So, and I think Bron should be the one to defeat Gunter. And that's going to be a huge gift by Gunter to Bron that Breaker becomes the one who, you know, ends his record reign. And at that point, of course, Gunter then, you know, probably challenges Cody Rhodes. If indeed Cody Rhodes is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion by then. Here's hoping. Uh, but yeah, that's the main the main stuff from, from SmackDown. We also had Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne win a multi-tag team match to become... Num- to, to then face the winners of a similar match from Raw and the, the winners of the, that final match will face Judgment Day in uh, Perth, Perth, Australia, Elimination Chamber. So they won that. Yes. Yeah, should we move on to Raw? I think there's anything else in SmackDown we need to really go over. Um, no, I don't think we really need to worry about the authors of Pain and Karrion Cross versus Bobby Lashley and Street Profits. I don't think we ever need to worry about that in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Life's too short for fun. Uh so we opened Raw, as I said earlier, with Seth Rollins coming out and he was talking about he wants some answers. He actually said, you know, I smelled what was cooking on SmackDown. There was some booze. And then there was a, a very light Rocky Sucks chant, which I thought was funny that Michael Cole said, what is this, 1996? <laughs> I mean, the fun that Pat McAfee and Michael Cole are having in commentary, you just, it's it's really good. It's, uh <laughs> It is, I mean, yeah, no one's telling them what to do. You know, no. they're, they're just like, just get on with it, lads. You know, <laughs> just say what you want. Entertain yourselves. And if you're entertaining others while you're doing it, then that works for everyone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he calls it Cody Rhodes, and Cody can't even say anything, really, because then Drew, Drew McIntyre comes out. Well, and... well, well, what happened was, was that Seth Rollins brought up on SmackDown, uh, Roman Reigns basically had run down Seth Rollins and said, you know, when he'd mentioned his name, there'd be no pop. It's like, that's what I thought, no pop. <laughs> and when Rollins came out, his music was really over. And then uh, the audience finished saying his name. And I think he mentioned twice that he provoked a big pop. So it was like, yeah, you know, you can stick it, Roman Reigns. <laughs> that was funny. And then Cody came out. And, the, you know, the We Want Cody signs were everywhere. Um Pat McAfee said it'd been trending for three days on X. And then, you know, there's a bit of back and forth there between Rollins and Rhodes. And then Rollins said to Rhodes, are you going to fight me at WrestleMania? And before Rhodes could reply, Drew McIntyre gate crashed the segment. He did. He came out to, to, to save the day as he always does. And he talked about how, you know, Cody, Cody, you're ruining it. You're letting Seth, you know, change your mind. And he's telling Seth, you know, I set everything up for both of you. I injured Punk. I did all this stuff. And why can't you guys just do what you're supposed to do? And then, of course, Drew eventually says, you know, Cody, you shouldn't let your father down. Rollins calls him a prick or said, don't be a prick. And then he said, you know, I've beaten, beaten you twice, Drew. And Drew said, well, you know, there was outside reasons as to why I lost those matches, but you actually lost to Cody three times. Drew actually made a very good point there. He because, did. Yeah. Because both of his times were due to Damien Priest or interference purposes, but Cody lost to Seth Clean, or Seth lost to Cody Clean, sorry, three times. That's it. And on basically every house show match I think they had, I think Cody beat Rollins in every match they had. Yeah. It was either televised or on premium live event or was on a house show. I think that's correct. Yeah, I, 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 there, there wasn't. A, I never heard of a, a time where where Seth beat him. So, but I mean, and so the gist of it is that Drew wants Seth at WrestleMania, wants Cody to pick Roman, and then in the end, this isn't really going to plan for him. And Cody tries to speak at one point, and Drew says, "I'm not finished." And then McIntyre said that you know I'm gonna have to take it from here. Then you know gives Rollins the Glasgow kiss. Cody then takes out Drew, and. You know, I just don't see how anybody could watch this segment and think that Cody Rhodes is not going for Roman. I, I took that as a clear, we're building the world title match here without Cody in it. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think so, because, I mean, it was not only what Drew said, it was what the announcers said as well. And mm-hmm. Michael Coles, well, I want to see Cody face Roman Reigns. So all this is part of a overall plan, a joined up thinking, you know, conscious effort by the whole concerted effort. That's the word concerted effort by the whole team to make us want to see if we don't already Cody face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, and this is the thing about Cody and Rollins. We saw it three times on premium live events in 2022. Cody won all those matches, including one when he had the torn pectoral muscle. Um, and we know that Rollins is going into this match with a knee injury, right? Yep. So there doesn't really seem to be any great mystery over who's going to win that match. <laughs> so, no. So... Um, which is another, you know, another part of, you know, this joined up package of measures or sentiments or you know information that they're pumping through their WWE machine, you know, to persuade us that Cody versus Reigns is the biggest match that they that's the match that people should be desirous of at WrestleMania. So yeah, I mean the whole segment just seemed to be leading us in that direction. And yeah, and, and then later on we had Cody in the main event against Shinsuke Nakamura in a bull rope match which he obviously won, and then at the end, Drew attacked Cody from behind, hit him the Claymore kick, and showed off that great T-shirt that he's had made of a gravestone for CM Punk's WrestleMania main event aspirations. Yeah. Um, I mean, did, were, were, you, were you happy to see Cody and Nakamura do it one more time? Not really. I mean, I thought the match was okay. I mean... Because Cody has got that connection with the audience, and Nakamura is a good performer, even though he's been here for a, nearly eight years now. So at least in the WWE system, it's like you know it just feels like he's totally played out. Um, but I thought they did a good job with the match, and you know with the bull rope and everything, and the audience by the end were into it. So of course Cody was going to win. Um, this feud really had already ended, and this was just a match they tacked on. I guess just to progress the Cody versus Drew feud, I suppose, um, you know, is an inevitable win. It was Cody having beaten Nakamura in their feud, won the Raw Rumble, and because it was also a bull rope match, and they used the bull rope that his dad had used in his matches, there was literally no chance at all that Nakamura was going to win this match. None. So they had to work really hard, I think, to persuade the audience that maybe Nakamura might have a chance. Yeah, which uh, you know, God bless them. But if I don't see, if I see Nakamura and Rhodes never again in my life, it will be too soon. Oh, I'm I'm, just. It's we don't need to see it. We 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 have been over stimulated with it, and it's just no good. Um. So uh, elsewhere on Raw, though, we had Gunther doing his 600-day IC title celebration. He was interrupted. Because, we, you know, we know with these segments, somebody's going to interrupt. It's just the game of who it's going to be. And I, I actually want to give them props for the the set in the ring. They had the, oh, they right. had those, like, pillars, like real, yeah. real pillars that are usually on his <laughs> LED entrance. So That's it. I mean, you know, the staff must have been... You know, they've got a massive team of guys, haven't they, who just bring stuff in and set it up and, yeah. in, like, double-quick fashion. I mean, that's a high-pressure job, that, isn't it? Getting everything set up in that three- yeah. or four-minute break. If you, ever go, if, you, if, you, if you ever go to... Uh, sorry, the Hulk sorry, just... Dream, Hulk, Hulk dreaming in the corner there behind me. Sorry about that. Um, ben, the, the, you know you've made it when you're getting like that kind of set stuff. You know yeah. you mean something to the company when they give you something like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, so Jay also comes out. And he's the guy to interrupt Gunther. Now, I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but Gunther can't go to Elimination Chamber. You mentioned this last week, but when I watched this, I was kind of thinking: Have they managed to, you know, use the, use their corporate ways to? Because this almost felt like this match was too big to just be a match on Raw, and they obviously didn't set it up for next week, so they set up the multi man match. So. Yeah. I'm kind of curious where that match is going to take place. Well, I mean, it's not until February 24th, is it? Elimination Chamber. No. It's like, you know, I mean, I don't know whether you can you still get a passport if you go down to the office. 
I mean, I know. Well, I, like, think, I think the problem he's got is because I mean, I actually know somebody who's going through this process right now. I think it's when you've applied for a US green card, they take they they sort of they ask you not to leave the country, and if you leave the country, you invalidate the application. So I don't know how it works with if Gunther's in the middle of this. You know, maybe WWE are able to go to the US government and kind of get a temporary emergency thing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine Kaya Gunter and Paul Levesque sitting there with like like a passport office at Liverpool, <laughs> sat there all day. Right, God, I wish they bloody hurry up. <laughs> Just Triple H could up going. Do you know how many WrestleMania matches I've been in? The guy <laughs> behind like- the desk. It's like, God, we need our passport today. We're going to Benidorm tomorrow. You know, it'd be just like one of those type of situations. But it's just, you would think that they'd be able to sort this out, a company of this size with its resources and its staff. You know, it, you know it's not till February 24. Why is it taking so long? Yeah, it is, it is strange. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, watch this. I mean, they put a lot into this. And I thought Gunter and Jay were really funny here. You know, and Jay is working with the crowd and good to, to me, always looks like he's on the verge of cracking up. He's <laughs> having such a great time in this role. And he was just loving it when, you're, when Jay's there doing, the, you know, the movements, the crowd are like, you know, moving, waving her hands along with him. And he goes like simple gestures for a simple audience. You know, you can see <laughs> couldn't wait to say that. Boom! And like and, uh, Giovanni and Ludwig are there in the background cracking up at it. And, um, and yeah, so he um, Gunter said, "Well, he's you know longest reigning IC champion ever." And Jay kind of put him over on that one. And then Gunter seemed like he was putting Jay over as his longest reigning tag team champion in WWE history. But he said, "Well, hold on a minute, you only did fifty percent of the work." Mm-hmm. He also starts like you know belittling him and mocking him and insulting him and diminishing his achievement. That was really funny. And like that wiped the smile off Jay's face. And um, you know, Gunter ended up like shoulder barging Jay at the end, and then Jay attacked him, and of course Imperium beat down Jay, and then New Day ran out. So we're gonna have a six man next week. Yes. So we're gonna have a six man and then you know, maybe maybe Triple H can get to that passport office to to fix the problem. They'll <laughs> be so uh, getting down there extra early, sitting there, you know, the seats. Yeah, he can afford well, the fast got, track. Who's going to the vending machine next? Did anyone bring any sannies? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we also had on the show, we, we should mention, Braun Breaker did come in to speak to Adam Pierce. So they're going yeah, over the terminal contract. Also, that when he was in there, Imperium were in there. That's yes. a very important point to make. Yeah, and Pierce says to... Because Kaiser and uh, Giovanni Vinci are in there making sure everything's okay for Gunther's upcoming celebration. And then Braun Breaker comes in and Pierce kind of says, have you guys met Braun Breaker? And they just kind of walked out in a huff. So, yeah, the, the, the seeds are being planted there for Breaker and Gunther. And I think if they do get the Mania match, I think they're going to have something pretty special. And oh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, Breaker's just turned face again, hasn't he, in, in NXT? Yes. You know, he's got this tag team with Baron Corbin that's been a hit there amazingly. Well, Corbin's actually done really well in in NXT over the last however many months it is, more than six months now. Um, so, uh, yeah, well over six months, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for Breaker versus Gunter at WrestleMania, and that should be the night on which Gunter loses the belt. And it's also kind of, I mean, obviously the the horrible real-life stuff aside from the Lesnar thing, it, it, and, and by a kind of stroke of luck, I mean, obviously, again, the real-life thing separated. For somebody like Breaker, this is a huge spot for him to be in. Yeah, and one that he would not have gotten otherwise. He, you know, if, if Brock was around, Brock would have been in that spot. Brock would have probably got beat Gunther, and at least, at least this time, it's going to go to someone who is on the up and kind of, you know, is really going to be able to use that as a stepping stone to bigger things. Yeah, yeah. So, as a huge launch pad for, I mean, he's obviously appeared on the main roster before, mm-hmm. didn't he? Did he beat Dolph for the NXT? He tag? said, yeah, yeah, he regained it from that. That would have been. Two years ago now, right? Yeah, it was the night after WrestleMania 38. So. That's it, yeah, two years ago. So, um, yeah, Breaker versus Gunter, yeah. I mean, th- these things happen, you know. People disappear or they're injured or they're suspended or, you know, they fall out of favour for whatever reason and then the machine has to keep going and someone else takes their place and that's the way it's always worked in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
And then the last two things on Raw to bring up are we did basically get the setup to Nia Jackson Rhea Ripley at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. So Nia came out and she ended up because uh, Rhea had come out for a promo. Rhea talked to the, the, the Elimination Chamber match, which we'll get to in a second, but she wanted a match against Nia. Adam Pierce comes out and says this isn't the time, but she'll get on a title match at the chamber. And then Nia comes out and they have a big fight, and security are trying to pull them off of each other. And I mean, this is going to be a big moment for Rhea Ripley in Australia when she gets to have this match. I mean, people are going to go crazy for her. Um, and hopefully for Rhea Ripley, Tyson Fury doesn't come in at the end and ruin the fun for the hometown girl. Oh. Oh, God. No Tyson Fury, please. No. No big Eggman ever again. Uh, but yeah. WWE again. In fact, I don't want to see him on anything again. No. So, but, but this uh, is big for Ripley, right? This is going to be good for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huge for her. And, you know, big match for Naya as well. Because, I mean, Naya, I mean, I thought she had a good Royal Rumble. But there was a couple of moments in there where you're thinking, you know, she could have made a little bit more effort there. So for me, this is Nia Jax's moment to really prove to those, you know, who doubt her, you know, sincerity and her, you know, her sincerity to be a team player. This is Nia Jax's moment or match to prove to everyone that she's there for the team. And um, it's Nia's job to put Rhea Ripley over in that match. I mean, Rhea Ripley has sold for her again on Raw this week. And uh, Jack's left, left her lane again, beat her down, hit her with the Annihilator. So it's time for, you know, Naya to return the favour, you know, go up for the uh, the Riptide and the one, two, and go down for the one, two, three. And Rhea stands tall as champ. And then presumably um, the um, Elimination Chamber match will close the show. And if it is Becky Lynch who triumphs, as I believe it will be in that match, um, then Rhea will come out at the end and we'll have Rhea versus Becky Lynch, um, you know, the big stare down to close the show. That seems to me like the way to end a show in Australia. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we should mention Becky Lynch. So they announced the Elimination Chamber match. We got Becky and Shayna as a qualifier. Becky gets to win here. But I mean, they got a decent amount of time. Yeah, um, they did and just as well because it took ages for <laughs> into this one and I'm sorry Shayna I've given you chance after chance and it's just not working and I'm sorry but you know you should be more over than you are you're not and there's reasons for that I'm not going to go into them now but people were into Becky Lynch's win and I think they probably would have just like probably left the arena in protest had (laughs) Shayna won that match yeah I think I I don't think they would have they would have liked that it's a shame I mean you know I We'd really hope that the beating Ronda thing would do something for Shayna, but yeah, it just doesn't seem to have happened. No, uh, it's just she just feels like she's stuck in second gear, doesn't she? Yeah. And it's funny because I've interviewed her a few times and she really has got something about her, but they've just never been able to it's never been able to click on TV. So, I mean, rem- remember when she did that really funny ske- uh, sketch or skit with the um, Maximum, Maximum Male models? models? Yeah, it was so funny. Hilarious. And she was so funny in that, and they were amazing. And and that's never, she never be able to really project that personality on the main roster TV. It's just never, we've never seen it. No. Uh, but yeah, Becky, Becky's heading to the chamber. And, you know, well, I mean, it'll be funny if they get to Australia and... Uh, and you know somebody knocks on Naya's Naya's dressing room and goes, "By the way, you and Rhea are on last, so good luck." And Naya's like, "What?" And Naya's got a got to put on a stadium main event match. That's it. And you've got seventeen minutes. And Naya will be like, "What?" <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> Please tell me that's including entrances. No, no, no. That's after. She's like, "Right, I'm doing a five minute rest hold." <laughs> When's the commercial break? There isn't one. Fuck. Um, should be so mad. Anyway, um. But yeah, that, that that's everything for today. By the, by the time we record on, well, do you know, part of me, yeah, part of me wonders, we'll talk about this. I, you know, is it better for us to record something on Friday or a bit later so we can talk about what happens yeah, on Thursday? I think, I think we're probably better off waiting until Friday afternoon, Kenny. Because yeah, I think we should. Like, we're just going to be like saying, well, if they say this, but yeah. if it's that, and, you know, what's the point? We're just going to end up being wrong again. 
Yeah, well, especially because Power Slam always comes out on the on Patreon on the Thursday and the main feed on the Friday. So the time it comes out on the main feed, it's absolutely... Yeah, so we'll record on Friday so that we can discuss what the big news is, if, you know, or depending how much is revealed. But yeah, I think we're, we're better to not basically make our podcast have a shelf life of a day. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so the kickoff press event, yeah, that's this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, we can... And somebody, somebody did make... It, there was a good point made. I think it was... I can't remember if it was PW Insider or The Observer. Somebody had sort of said, you know, if you don't think this was a long-term plan, there is no way WWE were going to be able to book the T-Mobile Arena in four days. You know, they've, they've, they've hired this place out for a while. So they've known they're going to be doing something. So, um, I mean, I've ne- and I've never seen it before where if, you, if you're a fan and you want to go to this press event, you need to pay like $500 to get in. So, I mean, they're making money out of everything now. Even the press events. Was, I thought they said it was going to be free. Well, or maybe it's maybe it's the, it's free like in the rafters. But if you want ah. like seat into the there's there's a thing about if you buy a gold package, you get a seat ah, and yeah. you get to you know get a, a an opportunity to go to a wee drinks reception afterwards. But if you want to pay the, it. that's it. They mentioned that you if you want to pay the twenty five hundred dollars though, you can get a photo with Triple H. You can go to a drinks reception and you can get a Cody Rhodes weight belt. So. There you go. There'll be signs up saying, no questions about (laughs) Vince McMahon. So if you live near Vegas and you have more money than sense, head over there on Thursday. Um, We will be back on Friday with with whatever happens. We'll we'll be discussing it. Um, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com is where you can check out the manga, obviously. Patreon.com forward slash InsideTheRopes is where you can get more of us. And of course... The Power Slam yearbook, the 1994 edition. There are limited copies left, so do go to powerslammagazine.com. I think we've covered everything. We've done it. We've done our best. Yes, I think we have. Yes, I think we've we've done our best here, Kenny. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens Thursday evening or Friday. Uh, well, whatever time. Yeah. Very late Thursday evening for us in the UK, and we will discuss it on Friday for you people here. Yes, exactly. So we'll talk to you then, everybody, and we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.